As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Fellas, thanks for joining me today. Uh, for those that don't know, give, give us a quick rundown of who you are, what you're about, and uh, talk about the, the chronic taco inception story. Sure, I'll start. Mike Mohammed, CEO of Chronic Tacos, uh, partners with Randy. Randy's the founder, and um, I think he can give you a really good backstory on how it all started. Hey, hey, this is Randy Weiner, founder of Chronic Tacos, hanging out. So our story, I wanted really, really good tacos when I lived in Newport Beach. Actually, I still live in Newport Beach. But, uh, you know, there wasn't a good taco shop, a taqueria kind of style down, you know, uh, where I was at on 49th Street. And I used to have to ride my bike over to 32nd Street to Carnitas La Villa. And I didn't like his tortillas. So I said, one day I'm going to open up a taco shop because I grew up in the city of Orange where we had taquerias on every street corner in Santa Ana. My mom was a teacher. So I was very used to very authentic taquerias. Um, but when I was a kid, I was a picky eater. I didn't like onions, I didn't like hot sauce, and I just wanted the meat and some cheese. And uh, they never understood me because I didn't speak Spanish. And uh, so the thing we wanted was when we opened that taco shop, I wanted to make it how you wanted it. You know, uh, you know if you don't want onions, no onions. You know, make it how you want it. Um, but it was, a, it was a craving of tacos and uh, that's how it started. It used to be a little water store, 800 square feet, um, had no idea what we were doing, just said, we got to build a taco shop. It took us 14 months to build it. It was our first store. Now it takes 90 days. Um, but, uh, you know, that's how it was. There just wasn't any good Mexican food. And so we thought, let's make our own and we'll call it chronic. <laughs> that was before weed was legal too. So that was actually going against the grain right there. Totally, totally. Risque. <laughs> what year was that? 2000, well, we started the build out. The, you know, the idea was 2001, a little before 01. And we actually opened uh, in July of 2002. So, it you know, it took uh, about 14 months to figure out what the heck we were doing and you know, going through different plumbers and architects and just not knowing how, you know, how to build a restaurant. Um, and, and, and we learned a lot. It was, it was, a, it was a really cool experience. And, and now, you know, we, we do them in our sleep. 
Well, and I think you brought up a good point too. Uh, the fact is that at that time, there, there weren't a lot of like restaurants where you can go and you can kind of figure out what you want, like build your own type style. That wasn't really big back then for all the youngsters that don't remember um, or never experienced that. And so I think the fact is that you had kind of a new model and then you had, like you say, not risque or, you know, you had something that was differentiated in the marketplace. I think those two variables started you off in the right direction um, where was that first shop? Was it down in Newport? Yeah, Newport Beach on Office Superior. Yeah, that's that the first, our one, right? first store. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that came around. Uh, Mike, how did you get involved in it? At what point? So I'm actually originally from Vancouver, BC in Canada. And um, I guess it was 2010, Chronic Tacos was expanding into Canada. They had a franchisee was uh, someone we knew and um, my brothers and I were actually helping finance this guy to expand into Canada and so you know we you know before we got involved we had gone in we had tested the food the food was unbelievable and really in Canada there was nothing like that there weren't taquerias there weren't you know the the Mexican food you got there was like the big plates with cheese all over it and you know it wasn't like a real taco and so um, we loved the food, you know, we loved the concept. The name was kind of like startling at first, but once you got, you know, it drew you in and once you got there and you had the food, it was unbelievable. So, you know, I obviously wanted to meet the guy who was behind it. If we were going to finance this, this uh, brand in Canada, you know, I wanted to meet the guy and, and find out what they're all about. So I was in the taco shop. I was going to meet the, the founder and I'm looking around trying to find this guy. I have no idea what he looks like, who he is. I'm looking for who I think is the founder of this concept. And um, the funny thing was like, I, I couldn't find him and they point me out to this big guy in tattoos, rolling burritos behind the line. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this guy's into it. Like this guy's living it. He's tattooed with taco life on his knuckles. So he's, he's a lifer. And so sat down with Randy and, um, you know, really liked uh, Randy and his vibe and, and his vision of what he wanted to do. And at the time there, you know, they were starting to grow. They had other uh, partners involved and um, Randy and I would just kind of stay in touch about the business and what's going on. And eventually in 2001, Randy was up in Vancouver, called me up and said, Hey, I, I want to bring you in, you know, buy out these other partners and, um, you know, work together to, to, to grow this brand. And so uh, at the time, I, my brothers, uh, Dan, Dave, and I looked at it and really thought there was potential there. Um, you know, it needed structure, it needed an infrastructure, a platform to grow. Uh, so we, we acquired the company or control of the company in 2012. Um, I moved down to California to take, the, take over as CEO. And that kind of began that journey together. Nice. And uh, that, that was a big time difference between 2010 to 2001-2 when you had first started, Randy. Uh, I'm sure there were a ton of ups and downs and crazy moments in, during the inception process. Actually, I'll tell you this story. We had, when I was younger, we had a banker. We had a mutual banker. I didn't know you and you don't know me. But what I do know is there's one time I ran into some issues with, I had an overdraft issue, right? 
And I talked to him and like, he's like, dude, don't worry about it. He gave me like a, a ton of overdraft fees back. Cause I had some fraud on my account. I was in Vegas and like spent a bunch of money and it just fucked off my account. Right. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. I do this all the time. In fact, I'm probably single-handedly have kept chronic tacos alive for the past. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I was like, I don't know the dude that owns it. He's like, Randy. I was like, I don't know Randy, but one day I'll be able to tell him this story and we're going to laugh about it. And I think it's a story. Yeah, that, was, that was, I mean, that was years ago, you know, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago now, you know, so. Uh, I love to I love to hear like what were some of the issues and obstacles. I mean, running a running a business in the first place is tough. Doing it when you don't have any experience is another obstacle. But then the restaurant business in general is typically has a higher failure rate than any other business out there. Um, what was what was that early days like for you, and, and how were you kind of navigating? Yeah, you know, it was tough in the beginning. Yeah, when we first you know, put the sign up, said coming soon, chronic tacos. And, you know, it took a year to open that first location. People were like, what are these gringos trying to open up Mexican food? I'm trying to make tacos. Little did they know we had a, a partner that I grew up with, the Bonilla family, and we had grandma's recipes and they owned a bunch of markets in Santa Ana. Um, kind of ran it like Santa Ana style, um, very mom and pops. You know, when they came in, when we brought the recipes in, you know, they were, they were actually running the store because we had other businesses. And, um, you know, it was run like a little taqueria in Santa Ana. You know, it was like pay cash for this, pay cash for this. And at the time I was in the clothing business and I was a licensee for Disney and for Mattel. And, you know, we're used to audits. And, and I was like, this isn't how you run a business. How are we going to scale this? How are we going to ever grow for not going through the bank? And, you know, how are we going to get loans? And how are we going to partner? And, so I was kind of always thinking big picture, but in the very beginning, you know, we didn't make very much money. I would work three nights a week and Sundays because um, I had my day job and, uh, you know, getting into the restaurant and, and working it, you know, three nights a week and all day Sunday, I, I started to love and appreciate it. And I, people loved our food. So, you know, we started out, you know, doing small numbers, nothing crazy, but we were having so much fun. You know, I'm drinking beer, making tacos and, you know, it was one store. It was just a good, good vibe. People are high-fiving me. I know all the customers because I live there. And, um, you know, afterwards it was what got us our big break was we got written up in the local daily pilot. And that was like a game changer. And I just, we just bought out our, our partner who had all the recipes. So it was, it was like a new start. We were going to, you know, blow this thing up. And all of a sudden we got written up in the newspaper and we had lines wrapped around the corner. It was crazy. And it was older people, you know, that read the newspaper. So, you know, it's funny. We always say, they go, what's your demographic, your age group? We're like, it's from two to 80. And uh, because after that newspaper write up, it was game changer. It was, uh, you know, 20, 20 people, 30 people waiting to, you know, to get into the taco shop and people driving from Riverside and, and LA, you know, like we would hear people from LA are coming in. I'm like, man, you guys got so much good tacos. So, and I think it was the name. They wanted to see something different at that time, you know, doing chronic tacos was like, like it was punk rock. It was just different. You know, we're, we're like, we don't care. It's chronic, you know, take it, take how you want from that. You know, if you want to associate it with weed or the best or excessive, you know, we always thought chronic is the best of the best. So why not call it chronic tacos? But it was tough in the beginning. And uh, the newspaper really got us where I was like, wow, this, this can work. 
And, um, and then we opened up our second store two, two year, a little over two years later. And that was the big test. You know, can we replicate this? Can we go into another city and build a taco shop faster and, and have the same client base and, and be busy? And we opened up Huntington Beach two and a half years later and it opened up just liner after around the corner. It was, it was like, that was like, wow, this could work. You know, let's take this to the next level and start, you know, maybe we start looking into franchising. People were always calling, wanting to open up Chronic Tacos. And in 06, we started, you know, franchising. And in the beginning, we were just like, yeah, let's just, you know, sell this to friends and family and we'll maybe sell 10 stores. And uh, first year, I think we sold 10 stores. And I was just like, do we want to make this a family, you know, a name that's brought up in, in every household, you know, let's just go get Chronic Tacos. That was like the biggest dream of mine was, you know, 10, 20 years later, you know, people were like, mom, dad, let's get chronic tacos. And I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world, you know? And, and now even to this day, people, uh, you know, we'll be, you know, anywhere in, in the States and people are like, oh my God, I've heard of chronic tacos or I've been there. And it, it really feels good. It, you know, and then like when we opened in Japan, that was so huge was seeing, you know, this, this whole nother country and culture get into tacos and, and, and it's just a, a really cool feeling, but it was tough, you know, in the beginning, you know, we, we, I thought we could open up anywhere, you know, I'm like chronic tacos is the best taco shop in the world and we could go to any location and we will just crush it. Well, you know, you need good operators, you need good locations. There's a lot behind the scenes in the restaurants, whether it's a chronic tacos or even a McDonald's, there's so much behind the scenes on where you go, the location, the demographics, the people, um, who's your operators? And, and, and that was a, a big learning thing for us in the beginning was, you know, making sure that you have the proper partnerships with franchisees and having good franchisees to represent your brand. Yeah, I think a big uh, launch for us to grow is just bringing in the infrastructure. So, you know, when we got involved, there was a lot, you know, there was 20 some stores but you know, the training and everything was coming from Randy. You know, Randy and a couple of uh, employees would go on the road, they'd train these guys, they'd show them how to do it. And it was like, they're just handing down, you know, the recipes and handing down how to operate. And that's really hard to scale. And so when we looked at it <clears throat> back in 2012, we've, you know, we, we looked at what we had, what we didn't have, we needed to get more concise on the brand we needed to bring in the infrastructure in order to, to be scalable um, and all the platforms required for training and operations manuals and all these things that, you know, we were looking at uh, how does a company act when they're over a hundred stores? And that's how you want to start. <clears throat> you know, you don't want to be like, okay, well, we're 30 and this is what, you know, would be expected of somebody who's got 30 stores. We want to be like, look, we're over a hundred locations. What is a franchisee looking for? What do they need? at that size and we want to act like that now. And so we, we spent a lot of time uh, revamping the platform, uh, organizing ourselves. So we didn't even sell franchises for two years. We opened a couple stores, you know, worked out some kinks. And uh, then in 2015, we started rolling out franchises again. So uh, since then we've gone from, I think we were at 27 locations to around 50 locations. And we've opened up outside of California. You know, we've gone to as far east as uh, Florida. And then we've gone overseas to Japan. And we were able to do that because we, we built a platform 
that allowed us to grow that way. Well, I have a question though. So I 100% agree. And I think it's tough if you have a solo founder and you're trying to scale um, and you know, that solo founder is doing all, everything. Like you said, you know, Randy was, was doing all the training. And like you said, Randy, you got the recipes passed on. So for me, it's like, there's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword though, right? And, and I want to take, hear your take on this because what made chronic tacos so differentiated, important, and valuable was the fact that it was Randy, his personality, his vision, his style, like, like the persona he is, right? Because even I've been to, I've been going since, you know, 01 when your first, uh, the first restaurant opened in Newport, right? I've been going and I swear, I can't remember her name right now. It's, 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 uh, yeah. what's her name? Nina. Dude, she's been there fucking like 20 years. The greatest person ever. And, and I think that's the type of loyalty that the brand has fostered. Because like, I was like a kid going there. And like, so I've grown up knowing her, which is so, it's cool. Dude. You know, like I have like that relationship and rapport with her. And I, I feel like, and it's like, you had these recipes that were hand down and like, what's so important and so valuable with like the taquerias and Santa Ana's are like family owned. There's like, there's like that, that sense of like, uh, like family and, and pride and like, it's in that brand. Right. So I completely understand like in, in agree it's to be able to scale that with one person is almost, it's impossible if you want to get to the level you guys are getting. So how do you take that and package all of that, like that differentiated persona and that, and put it into something that becomes scalable to the, to the level that you guys are at now, because I'm sure that was probably a difficult piece of the puzzle is like you can create all these systems and processes, but unless you have like that, that persona, like that, that charisma, the, the character within the brand itself, it loses its soul. So I'm just curious how you guys were able to do that because you have been able to do it effectively. I've obviously gone to other, you know, shops and, and, and restaurants around. So I, I see that it's still there, but how did you do that? I think that, that that's a really tough question. And I'm sure you guys kind of played around with that a bit. It's a challenge. And, you know, it, we'd be lying if we said that we haven't overshot at times. So that, you know, you're looking at it and you're, you're saying, okay, well, we need this, this, this. And, and so you, you all of a sudden take a step back and you look at it and it's like, well, that's a little bit of a corporate box now. You know, so we've got to back off of that. We've got to get back to our creativity. So, you know, we really... Uh, first and foremost, we, you know, we operate like a family. Our franchisees are family. Um, that personality is ingrained in our, our corporate culture and how we interact with our franchisees and with our, our customers. But at the same time, you know, with, with running anything, when you get start to scale up, you've got to have, there are expectations for the infrastructure, the protocols, everything needs to be in place but you don't want to lose the personality. So, you know, in, in franchising, you can end up with subcultures of your culture because, you know, you've got franchisees with their own. So, so much of what we, we focus in on our, our third generation recipes. Like that is essentially who we are. That's what we're about, the authenticity. And that rolls into everything, authentic personality, authentic food, authentic look. And so, you know, we have to, you know, you, you, it's a kind of a gas break thing where you're just like, you're, you're going a certain direction and you have to look at it and see, Oh, this is maybe a little, this is going a little too far. This is getting a little bit too corporate-y and uh, maybe like a, you know, a, 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 
a cookie cutter, like a Chipotle or something, not yeah. knocking them, but uh, you know, we yeah, we want that. some personality and who we are and we want some of our franchisees personality in there. We want that local personality because we are local taco shops. We're not right. just, you know, a, a brand. So when we go in, we're, you know, we're in Montgomery, Texas. So that's just outside of where you are in Houston. And, you know, when we went there, we, we discovered Montgomery is where the Texas flag was, was designed. And we wanted to work that, you know, we do murals in our restaurants with the yeah. day of the dead and we work all that in. So we wanted to work that, that the flag in. And if you go to our beach restaurants like Huntington Beach, we'll work in the pier. Like there's certain things that are important to the, to the local area. And I think that's what keeps you authentic is you keep tied to that, to, to your local community. So for us, yeah, it's, you got to play with it. And I mean, that's a challenge. It's very important for us to have Randy here. I mean, you have that history of the brand essentially that you can run stuff off of and say like, okay, well, what was working back in 2001, 2002, 2004 that, that we're seeing this as a problem here? How, how do we pivot that? So um, I think it's really important to maintain who you are. You've got to grow, you've got to adapt, you know, things change, technologies change, customers' demands change, um, but staying true to who we are is super important. Yeah. I'm going to have to go out to Montgomery and do a little QA for you guys. Absolutely. You'll love them there. They're great. <laughs> I'll do a little recognizance mission for you. So at one point, you guys, uh, you, you did pivot a bit, right? There was Chronic Tacos Cantina. And that was like a a bit of a like outside of like your your core I don't know core business model I'd say right uh can you talk about that and, and tell me like what what happened with that and what was like the end result and what, what did you learn from that lesson and, and going through that process yeah Randy could probably talk about that was prior to us when we got involved okay right um uh, we there were still some cantinas and we wanted to pivot away from those. It was a completely different model and we just felt it was a bit difficult to operate and train two different models. But the, the inception of it, Randy was involved with that. Yeah, you know, um, it, it was my part, our, our, our co-founder, Dan Biello, found a spot and we always, you know, we, we always were at bars. It would be fun to own a bar and Chronic was big and, you know, everyone was loving Chronic Tacos and and our partner, Dan, came to me and said, hey, I got this spot in Triangle Square in Costa Mesa. And, um, you know, I can get it for super cheap. It's like five grand all in with patio, everything. And uh, it's like a dollar a foot. You know, how can we go wrong? So, they, you know, we were talking about licensing the name and all these different things. And I'm like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll okay it. We'll, we'll do the chronic cantina but you know, we want half. <laughs> so we did a partnership and the cantina was built um, and it surprisingly went crazy and it was very popular and busy. And I think, you know, we were up by all these nightclubs and Sutra and stuff. And, and what we wanted to do was have a very laid back kind of club where you could wear flip flops or you can come from the beach. You don't have to be all dressed up and be, be all Hollywood and, and you could just enjoy, you can have a, you know, you can smoke at the fire pit and we had a big patio and, um, and that was our thing was we wanted this big, huge patio with a fire pit and outdoor bar and, um, and, and laid back. And then at night we would have a dance club and we would promote it and have promoters and we had really good promoters and 
we, you know, we would have 400 people trying to get into the place. It was crazy. We were making like six to eight grand just on the door. And it was just, it was bonkers. It was so busy, but you know, so there's a night, there's a, there's a shelf life to a club, you know, and, and, you know, you gotta, it's hard to keep a club going. Um, we opened up a couple locations. It just wasn't the same. Um, it was a heavy investment. You know, you're talking over a million dollar build out, uh, you know, you have 40 employees. It was, uh, it was a lot of work. And, um, you know, the, the Costa Mesa one was our most successful. I think we had, we had one in Corona that was pretty successful. And um, that one was sold because they expanded the freeway. But, you know, after a few years, we made a, a good money and it was a fun run. But we were like, you know what? Tacos is something we should be focusing in on. Um, you know, it's a smaller scale. It's, it's uh, the ROI is better. It's, uh, you know, less of an investment, easier to manage. And, um, and that's where we went. We just said, hey, let's, you know, move away from these, uh, these cantinas. But for the, for I think three or four years, it was one of the best times of my life. I, I have to hear about it all the time. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I will <laughs> never forget those days. Yeah, those are my glory days during the cantina days. Those are <laughs> I miss it every day, but you know, <laughs> but you know, now, Hey, we'll just go buy bars and, and, uh, and, and have our own bars, but it was tough, you know, in, in the chronic cantinas, you know, the food, we were really, we sold a lot of liquor. So, you know, the menu wasn't, it was really about the liquor sales. And um, I think we, you know, we could have done better and, but it was tough. It was a, it was a tough business, but we had a good ride and, and that was it. Nice. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like you said, the, the shelf life of a club can only last so long and you, you just have to keep reinventing yourself. And from, from my buddies that own, own spots too, it just seems like it's a lot of work, maybe not the highest ROI. Um, you could probably do much better with tacos. And so what's the vision now? You guys have been in business for, 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 for a while now. I mean, you got some years on your belt. Um, what's, the, what's the vision for the future? Where are you guys headed? What, what do you see? What, what, do you, what keeps you excited and, and keeps you guys vested? And, in, in, uh, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish in, in, in the near term and long term? I know COVID's been kind of a crazy, crazy time too. So I don't know if you want to talk, talk on any obstacles you've had to deal with this past year but I really want to hear like what the vision is for the future and, and where you guys see the brand heading. You know, we're excited about the future. Um, we love what we're doing. We've got a good team and we want to keep growing. Like we've never had uh, an exit plan. We've, we want to keep expanding. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to grow uh, in, across the U S you know, we've got good partners in Canada. We've got good partners in Japan. We've just opened another location in Japan in November. We've got another one coming next month. Um, you know, we've opened, we were opening locations during COVID. Uh, we've got another, uh, like five more locations in California coming. So we're excited about the future. Obviously, uh, COVID has been a challenge. Um, I think it's allowed us to take a look at certain areas and, and I think get more efficient and better at. Um, it's changed the business. I wouldn't say, I guess I should back off and say it didn't change. It's, it's really accelerated, you know, things that were already in place. You know, you had, uh, you know, the, the technology changes with online ordering, third-party delivery, all of that has accelerated. And fortunately for us, we were already uh, going down that road with our app, with online ordering. And so, we're going to continue to grow that aspect of the business. You know, you always have to look at the internal mechanisms of how you operate to see, 
you know, how that's going to fit in with the way technology is changing, the way consumers want it. But we love what we're doing. And we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, like I said, you know, we've had the challenges like every restaurant has had uh, through COVID. Um, I think that we've, uh, we've done well, you know, giving all the circumstances. And I think it sets us up for even more success going forward. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, Southern California has your guys' back. And so I think uh, when you create a brand that has that sort of loyalty, and I, I think the food also speaks for itself too. Because I mean, I don't think there's a better shrimp, shrimp burrito, in my opinion, anywhere else. So uh, you guys can <laughs> shrimp burrito again. And I think it is really cool. When you have that sort of brand loyalty, you, you, you can allow people to help kind of push your message and, and help you guys motivate and inspire as needed. I'm sure seeing people that have been going to the, to the shop for so many years is probably inspiring to you guys if you, if you know them. And, and, you know, when you create a brand like that, I think it's really motivating. Um, so I, I love to hear that you guys are still going and, and, and excited. Is there like a, a target goal in terms of locations you're trying to open or is it just kind of loose? Like you're, you're playing it by air, what happens happens and you're just focused on developing and, and getting better always, or, or you guys have like actual milestones you're working towards. Well, I, you know, we set goals um, and, you know, we, we definitely don't look at it as if whatever happens, happens. Like we are, we're very strategic about uh, where, how we want to approach opening, where we want to open first. Um, but we're not going to limit ourselves. You know, we, we want to keep growing. You know, nobody could have predicted what happened last year. I mean, those, you know, you, you got to rewrite your whole strategic plan when, when something like, uh, 2020 happened. So, um, you know, we're hopeful that things will get back to normal uh, this year and we can continue on our growth path. Um, you know, our biggest thing is we want to partner with, we've built ourselves and grown to a point where now we want to be able to partner with uh, partners and franchisees who can open multiple locations and, and really develop a market. Because like I said, you know, we're, we are, you know, we, we're local taco shops and we want that, we want the local person there. And um, we've seen that in, you know, how we've survived COVID is that we have a loyal customer base. And I think that that is a result of our community involvement. And, you know, obviously our, we, we believe in our food, we believe in the, the, the experience we provide, but more so we, we give back. So when things were, you know, in the dark days of kind of March, April, you know, we made sure that we were getting out in the community. We were feeding uh, students. We were providing lunches for students in, uh, in the local schools. And as we went into the holiday uh, period of this year, we, we uh, set out to raise money for local food banks. And we didn't want to just pick, you know, some big broad-based uh, charity, which are great. But for us, because we're local, we wanted to give back to those local food banks. We, we saw the food bank lines and we saw the stress that those guys were under. And um, we thought that we could work together with our community to, to raise money for that. And so we want to stay involved with the community. It's super important to us. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Uh, we are on all the social media platforms at Chronic Tacos. And then our website, chronictacos.com. I keep forgetting you don't need to say www anymore. <laughs> and uh, um, you can follow Randy on uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>
Where, where can people find out more information about being a franchisee owner too? So on our website, there's a franchising uh, page and there they can fill out an application. They can, we have got a lot of information on the page and then they can uh, fill out an application and they, they actually get to talk to Randy. Nice. He'll, give, he'll give them the lowdown. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, last question. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I, I highly respect everything you've done. Uh, I think, like I said, the brand's awesome. I love it. My favorite shrimp burrito on the planet. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, but I do, I do. I think it's, I think it's really tough to, to build really loyal and, and strong brands these days. And, and I think you guys have done a phenomenal job and I, I applaud you from, from the sidelines um, and I respect it. So my, my question to you both, and maybe you can each answer it, is uh, what do you want people to know and, and, and leave with when, when they do leave a shop? Like, wh what is it the message that you want them to have when they leave? Like, to know either about the brand or what do you want them to feel when they do leave? Like, is it, hey, you, you want them to be family and know that, and that's, that's the message that you're conveying, or what exactly is that? You want to go first? Sure. Um, you know, for me, I think it's, you know, individuality. It's, you know, we always say, you know, make the taco how you like it. Well, live life how you like it, you know, do what you want to do, make the food how you want to do it. Um, so, so for me, my biggest thing was always, and is still seeing people eat our food and be happy and say how good it is. Like you were just saying about the shrimp burritos, like that means so much to me personally. Um, and that makes me feel good and warm and fuzzy. Yeah, we want, you know, it's an experience and, um, you know, it's, it is a restaurant, it's food, but we want our customers to leave there in a better mood, a better place than they were when they came in. And, and I've seen this, and this is really comes from Randy's uh, customer uh, experience as he's developed it because he's always uh, looked at if somebody comes in and they're in a bad mood and they're not having a great day, you know, it's like, what can you do just to elevate that enough? You know, we know they're going to enjoy the food, but like, what can, what can we do to just kind of uplift that, that person that day? And so, you know, the food, obviously, I think it speaks for itself and we pride ourselves on the authenticity, but that authenticity has to come through in the experience as well. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, been a pleasure chatting. If I can do anything to support, let me know. Go check out Montgomery. <laughs> I'll get your emails and I'll let you know. I'll give you the call. Yeah, say hi, say hi to Pam and Thad. <laughs> Don't tell them I'm coming. <laughs> hey, it's nice to meet you. Thank you, brother. Thanks for All having right. us on. Yeah. Thank you. Great. See Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.